Hey, it's Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. As we enter into another year of the podcast, I can't thank you enough for listening and hopefully your support. With more options than ever before for podcast listening, supporting this program and becoming an extra podcast person is more important than it ever has been in the past. And I always try and make it worth your while to be a supporter. For only $5 a month as an EPP, an extra podcast person, here's what you get. You get access to our bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week, more than 300 in the archive that you get with our best ghost stories. You get a free e-copy of our best-selling book, Real Ghost Stories, Haunting Encounters Told by Real People. You also get the audiobook version of it, as well. In addition to that, you're going to get advanced episodes of our program released to you weeks before they go to the public and they're commercial free. So if you're a big listener of the show, you want to cut the ads out, you want to cut this plea out as well, become an EPP, an extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. You're going to get all of that. On top of that, you also get access to our video archive of our episodes of Seeing Ghosts with new episodes coming in 2020. You get advanced ticket sale options when we go and do live shows so you can get seats before everybody else and a whole lot of other extras throughout the year as a supporter of our program for only $5 a month. Please consider supporting the show you guys spending that $5 a month as a whole is what keeps this alive. Without the support, we will not exist. So if you listen, if you've been an EPP in the past, please consider signing back up to be an extra podcast person and help this show survive. We love doing it, but we can only do it with your support. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. And thank you for your support. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a legendary local haunted house is used as a setting for a horror movie. But is the property truly a house of horrors? What kind of ghosts infest the walls when the cameras stop rolling? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Then it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you really like the show, support it. Keep us on the air. Get access to all of our bonus materials, EPP bonus episodes, is what we call it. Extra podcast person is what it stands for. Just go to ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories for five bucks a month to get access to all of that. Almost 300 bonus episodes right there for you. Advanced episodes of the show regularly released. You get those weeks in advance and ad free as well. Check it out at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. And how are you? Welcome. Uh, well, this is airing in like February, but this is really the first episode we've recorded uh, in 2020 because this is 2020. I'm excited. I've missed doing the show. I I thought I was going to be really um, unique mm-hmm. uh, on the Barbara Walters thing. And no. Literally. Because <laughs> I, I guess that's me completely oversighting that. Uh, I... I on our, our Facebook page, um, if you follow us there, 
um, I, I post questions, um, just kind of like paranormal based questions throughout the week and you know people answer them and it kind of just sparks up conversation and mm-hmm. stuff um and i make it little fun graphics for all of it and i i in order to do it efficiently i, I do a lot of them at once okay. so sometimes i schedule them like months in advance sure. um and then it's something i don't have to do so i put together like all of the questions for like the fourth quarter of last year together in like September mm-hmm. uh, everything all the way into like the first week of January and I thought oh this will be fun on at midnight of 2020 I'm going to post a picture of Barbara Walters and Hugh Down saying this is 2020 and that'll be so unique no one else is going to do that <laughs> because it's a, I, I don't know I mean in, in today's culture it's kind of obscure unless you're I, you know, in your thirties or older mm-hmm. then I've, and you watched 2020. Um, then of course you, you get it, but I didn't realize that many people remembered that part of 2020, but apparently it was a shitload <laughs> of people because watching all the new year stuff, it was like, it was the main topic was Barbara Walters saying this is 2020. I'm like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> and I was late to the game post. It looked like I was following everybody else posting it because I posted it at midnight. Everybody else is supposed to get like three days before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it. I posted this in September. Fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Sorry. Um, here we are in, uh, in 2020 so yeah there you go well i'm excited i'm happy to be back here uh in the studio uh doing uh doing real ghost stories online um some great uh, stories here today and i should note um and i mentioned this on yesterday's uh, episode uh that uh there's a, a new cool thing that we're, we're putting out about once a saturday on our feed so as long as you subscribe to real ghost stories online and wherever you're subscribing um on on saturdays i am putting out uh or one saturday a month uh rgso radio that's awesome and i play radio station harp was telling me all about this on the way home from the movie we just saw she how was, does she know about it she was like mom like one day a month, dad's going to do a radio show and it's using music nobody knows. And he's really excited. I think we talked about it for like 60 seconds the other day. Well, she absorbed all of it and thought I didn't know. And she was telling me all about well, I'm, it. I'm glad she informed you. I'm yeah. glad she's excited for me. about She's it. spreading the word. <laughs> So, well, great. All of her uh, first grade <laughs> friends will love it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, once a month it's released. It's called RGSO Radio, and I'm doing it volume one, volume two, volume three. So uh, if you haven't checked it out on the feed, do check it out. Um, it, it's featuring the music that we put in the EPP bonus episodes because I really like the music, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I, I, I've, I'm i always at a loss for finding music that I like. I know you, you're good at, you find music that you like that's mainstream. My stuff's more alternative slash hipster music. Well, it's popular, though. It's out there in the ether. You could turn on a channel on Sirius XM and find it. Maybe, yeah. Um, This you can't. No. I think a lot of it would fit Mm -hmm. a lot of those those stations, but these are a lot of up-and-coming artists, uh, things of that nature, um, that... I was just finding I wanted to to accent the the ghost stories even further than just the cinematic type music that we use. And I thought, well, some vocal stuff would be kind of fun. But what's out there? What can I use? Because there's so many restrictions on mm-hmm. that. And then I found this service where these artists are using it basically for exposure mm-hmm. and for commercial use. And podcast falls into that, uh, under that license. I'm like, well, this is perfect. So I thought, 
well, I'm going to start using this. And I just started playing with it one day and I was just so happy with how it just takes the stories that are creepy as hell and just, it makes it so cinematic. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm really going for on the EPP bonus episodes. And it just, let, just takes it to the new level. <laughs> I, I, I sit there and I produce these things and I'm just like, yes, that's great. Sounds wonderful. And I, you should, yeah, you don't want to be in here when I'm doing that. I might like hit you with my hand on accident because I'm like, yeah. like flailing around and I'm like, <laughs> yes, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, when I was doing that, I thought, you know, these people don't know who the hell these artists are and we're not really saying their names on the episodes because that would get kind of weird. Um, but I thought people need to know who these people are. And yeah. I, I've already been getting emails like the first EPP episode that we dropped that had that stuff in there. I was getting emails that first morning going, who are these artists? I've never heard them. They're really good. And I thought, well, this is confirms my other idea. Mm -hmm. Make an episode a month that features the artist. So that's what I'm doing. So um, featuring some of my favorite tracks um, from the month um, and we'll say who the artists are. You can look them up, support them, download their music wherever they're at um, and, and all that. So it's cool. I'm really digging it. I, it's music. I, I put it, I had to figure out a way to get it onto my iPhone because it's not like, I don't think a lot of it's in iTunes. I think some are, mm -hmm. but not a lot. Um, so I had to figure out ways of downloading it so I can listen to the stuff. And <laughs> I never thought it'd be so complicated to get an MP3 onto an MP, what was originally just designed as an MP3 player. Mm -hmm. It's like 30 steps. <laughs> you know, it's not what it, you know, like, drag and drop, you know, right after you get off of Kazaa or Napster, whatever. <laughs> Napster. Yeah. Did you use Kazaa? Remember? Ka no. Ka that was like the one that came out after Napster got shut down. No, I remember Napster from high school, but I, no. I didn't use Kazaa. No. I don't, I don't know if that stuff's even around anymore. People have just kind of decided, we'll pay for music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so anyway, check that out. That was my long-winded thing, so please uh, please enjoy that, because I put a lot of work into it, and I enjoy it, too. 855-853-4802 uh, is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go over to our first story of the day. It says, roughly two years ago in 2017, a movie named Dig Two Graves was released on Netflix. I was anxious for its release and was aware of the movie far uh, being far about uh, being around. This is because the movie was filmed in and around the small town of Vienna, Illinois, the town where I spent my summers as a child. Part of the movie's filming took place at or in an abandoned mansion, which most of the town's youth refer to as Hill House due to the acute steep hill that it sits on. When I was roughly 12 years of age, my cousin and I decided to explore the abandoned home due to the rumors and legends that we had heard about it. The mansion did not disappoint our expectations. One day at the crack of dawn, we decided to do our exploring. We first went into the cellar, which was only accessible outside to the backyard. It was musty and decrepit, to say the least, like any old basement, but nothing to be considered noteworthy. After which we entered the mansion through the back door. The home itself is immense, and worthy enough to be called a mansion. We explored all the rooms on the main floor, the kitchens, the living rooms, etc., after which we began our way up the stairs. As we prayed, we would not fall through the rotten planks of the staircase. We made it to the top floor safely and began to explore up there as well. The top floor was much more intriguing, which old antique furniture, couches, chairs, still stand, standing in the rooms, which appeared to be from the 1920s era, if not before, after admiring the architecture and antique items for an hour or two, we began our descent back down the stairs. This is where things became interesting. As we reached the bottom of the stairs, we began our exit out of the home. Keep in mind we had seen and searched through every square inch of the property. 
As we reached the kitchen, I began to hear a woman's voice mumbling on the top floor above us. I, for a moment, believed I heard things or that I simply wanted to hear or see something so much that my mind was playing tricks on me. But believe me when I say the voice was as clear as day. So much so that my cousin, who was leading the way, turned around to look at me with the largest eyes I've ever seen. Here too, I asked him. He said nothing, but simply shook his head up and down. At this point, the woman's voice began to be accompanied by a male one as well. They were both talking with one another, but neither of us could tell what they were saying. We rushed out of the house faster than speeding bullets. We later returned to the mansion with more insatiable curiosity than before. This was when things became not only interesting, but utterly impressive. We had an intelligent conversation with whatever was there for nearly an hour. We'd ask a question. They would respond with a knock for yes and no knock at all for no. The knocks were as loud and as clear as the voices were and only occurred upon demand. I confirmed that it was a woman, most likely the one we had heard, I would assume, and that she had died at a ripe old age. However, we once again ran out of the home once it had suggested that it was, that suggested that it was of a malicious nature. Whether this was true or if we just wanted to be left alone, I'm not sure. What I am sure of is that there was something there, and most likely still is. I sense a picture of the mansion as well, taken from a scene of the film I mentioned earlier. Love to hear your thoughts on this haunted house of my youth. I, I do wonder if it was just wanting to be left alone. Like, I would say that to a kid. Okay, I'm done talking to you. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. And what better way to do that than scaring them? Mm-hmm. Like, are you evil? <laughs> <laughs> yep, get the fuck out. <laughs> you know, um, I don't. I mean, I guess it probably depends on your your ghostly, uh, I don't know, demeanor with people. Do you mm-hmm. do you want visitors? Some you know, some people they they would just stay in the house. Now I'm not evil. Hang out for a while. Well, if it's a little old lady ghost, I could see it being concerned about them falling through the floorboards too yeah and telling it to go away what if you're a really selfish little old lady ghost and you want other ghosts in the house with you then you're evil then you just kind of wait what was that make them evil you're like i think it makes them evil if they want them to die to be (laughs) not alone is it evil or just selfish it's narcissistic a narcissistic ghost that's trying to kill children Mm -hmm. just to have more ghosts in the house Mm -hmm. there's a book right there yeah there's a story that would be a good one That'd be interesting. Um, creepy story. And it's always interesting to hear about settings like this. I think a lot of times when you see uh, movies and stuff on Netflix or wherever, you assume like, oh, this is just a set somewhere. A lot of times they just go find a location that looks like this shit and film. Um, and that's that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things aren't super, you know, magnormous mag- mag- budgets. Is that even a word? Magnormous? No. It is now. Uh, and so they're going to find places like this to film their locations at. And every once in a while, you can identify where they're at. I know of one that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> the creepy old house near where I grew up. Yeah. Which apparently is not haunted from everything we read about online. I never really thought it was haunted, but oh, it, just lo- it just always looked like it was. You thought it was haunted. I, I don't know. I never had any evidence to point it at it being haunted, but it sure looked like the perfect haunted house. 
I would imagine little kid Tony would have given anything to Ghostbuster all around that house. Oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, But I don't know. You know, if you're to look at the place and go, it's haunted. You guess. Yes, I guess. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I'd never heard any true ghost stories about the house until I was an adult. And then it was very much things we found online. and Yeah. But as a kid, honestly, there weren't rumors about the house at all other than, uh, and it wasn't a rumor, it was a fact that there was sensors on the property mm-hmm. that the police would come if they were tripped. And it happened all the time with teenagers going to the house and trying to check out the property. Sure. Um, but, well, and I'm sure some of the lore came from the fact of who owned it. Yeah, what was the story? He was the county coroner. Oh, yeah, that kind of adds to the lore. But it had nothing to do with the fact that he, I mean, it, it, that's not any way related to why no. he had this place. He just had it. No, but if you're 16 and you want to scare the shit out of your friends. Oh, yeah, you make up all kinds of shit like there's bodies hidden in the house or something stupid. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because it's it's one of those things where as we we every once in a while we just kind of google it <laughs> see yeah. what we find and and we found some really interesting writings from um i believe it was like his daughter yeah somebody that was very intimate with the property yeah knew everything about it and the stories and the history and the family and got sick of all of the rumors and this and that about the prop you know is it haunted is it this or that and it's like no my father just loved the place yeah and and i get it you know sometimes you just feel that affinity for a property and maybe there was a grandi you know grandiose idea of one day i'll get the time and energy to fix this place up and it's never happened sure you know but until you get there you gotta you know keep it you know, from falling apart. And eventually it just kind of got to that point. But uh, one of the creepiest houses, I love it. <laughs> I, hope, I, 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 I don't know if it's in too much disrepair today or what, what the, you know, the structural state of it is. Probably needs virtually everything replaced on it. Wouldn't you, I mean... That would be a massive undertaking. Yeah. I'm sure some of the things on the house would have to be made to replace it. Yeah. Probably, I mean, I'm just thinking everything, all the unique uh, ornate architecture on the outside, it's all wood. Mm-hmm. I imagine all that's rotting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to go through. It'd be like one of those deals you see on HGTV where they're like, oh, we bought this great fixer-upper. And they've literally, I don't know how you even consider it, like we redid the house when they're like, the the construction pictures are like the house is gone. <laughs> And then yeah. it's, it's built back up again, like in the footprint. That to me is not like, like well, you've, you've created another version of the house. Well, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. But, you know, if there's enough to be used, take it down to studs and start over. I just wonder is, you know, are the, uh, that's what I wonder is that part mm-hmm. state, you know, stable enough to use. Cause at some point, even that would go bad, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, and uh, so at, at some point, if every structural piece of the house is simply replaced with fresh wood, literally, mm-hmm. piece by piece, is it still the same house? Well, if it's the same footprint and they've really tried to make it as close to the original as they could, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's refurbishing. Is it when it's like... To me, like I always like feel like, like the elements of the original need to be there. I guess the foundation would be... Mm-hmm. It's just when all of the elements of it are new on the footprint. 
I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's like, it's a technicality mm-hmm. of, of what that would be. Anyway, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Go to the letter. It says, hey, I'm a new listener. I wanted to share my story with you. I live in eastern Kentucky, a region called Dark and Bloody Ground but my Native Amer- by my Native American ancestors. Having a name like that, it's no wonder there's a lot of hauntings. Anyway, on to my story. When I was a sophomore in high school, I'd come home each day and basically fall asleep on the reclining chair watching TV. My parents had been divorced for several years before, and my wonderful mother worked night shift. I was alone in the house, I'd come home from school and sat down in the reclining chair. It was basically my spot. Those were the days. I get hungry and pop a hot pocket in the microwave or toss some pizza rolls in the oven. Good times. In any case, I'd fallen asleep watching a TV show. You know, the kind where it's basically some kind of police procedural. I was out like a light and something stirred me from my slumber. It was pitch black. I couldn't see anything. I could hear the TV, but I couldn't see the light. I realized that my eyes were still closed and I couldn't open them. In fact, I couldn't move. I couldn't open my mouth. Couldn't even move my fingers or toes. I just felt the coldness. I tried to open my eyes, but it was like trying to lift a thousand pounds with one finger. Eventually, I was able to open them a sliver after struggling for what seemed like hours. I was able to see just a fraction of the room, but I could see the light. I also realized I was, in fact, not alone. There was a dark shadow standing in the hallway between the living room and the kitchen. A tall shadow, approximately six foot eight, give or take an inch. I could feel this profound hatred dripping from the shadow man as it stared at me. I could feel that it wanted to hurt me, and there was nothing I could do about it. Every cell in my body was screaming in terror, but I couldn't move. I couldn't yell for help. I was frozen. It began walking towards me, slow, methodical steps. I knew I couldn't do anything to oppose it. I was its prey. The voice in the back of my mind urged me to fight, but this sense of despair washed over me, urging me to give in and surrender my life, my soul. I gave in. The shadow man continued walking towards me, and then it was standing right in front of me. I braced for the inevitable, but at the last moment, that voice urging me to fight, it somehow broke through the calmness of my acceptance. It yelled at me to fight, and then this realization came over me. I was not powerless. I was not going to give in to this shadow thing. The voice said to me, Call on the name of God and you'll be saved. And so I did. I thought as loud as I could, nearly screaming it through my head to help me. And the shadow thing was gone. Almost immediately I was freed. I could move my body again. My eyes slammed wide open because I was forcing them to stay open. My whole body tingled with tiny pinpricks. Exactly like the feeling of sitting on your foot too long and having it go to sleep. That night, I didn't stop reciting Bible verses and praying. And I'm mad enough to admit, crying. That wasn't my first time meeting the shadow man. And it wouldn't be my last. The first time I met him, he was standing over my bed in the middle of the night. That time, it wasn't malicious. I could move and see. He disappeared when I turned the light on. The next time I would see him would be when I was a junior in college. Only that time, I knew how to fight him. The last time I've seen him was two years after I graduated. I was staying at my sister's house, waiting for my apartment to open. I learned after the second time that it was called sleep paralysis. Though knowing what it is doesn't make it any easier to deal with. It's still scary as hell. 
These days, I never sleep in a room that doesn't have a cross or holy Bible. I have a cross in my bedroom hanging above the bed. Thankfully, I haven't had any issues with the shadow man in over a year. I always wonder if it's the same shadow person that comes in and when when people have seen a figure like that repeatedly throughout their life. Is it the same one? Is it a different one? Does it matter? I, I To the individual, in some cases I think it is, in some cases it's not, and I think the individual is the one who has to make that identification. I wonder if shadow people give off a feeling to where you know it's the same one kind of like when mm-hmm. you you're blindfolded and somebody comes in the room you know who came in the room yes that was pretty close to exactly what i was going to say okay um my example was going to be you know how you walk into a room and you just kind of you can tell who's there mm-hmm. that sort of a thing okay um and I think in some cases that's evident, and I think in some cases it's not. I, some of the people I think that, I think maybe subconsciously annoy me or, or scare me or, or, or give me a weird vibe are the ones that I can't do that with. You can't tell it's them? Yeah. Some people just kind of have a real skittish vibe about them. Mm-hmm. Ner- maybe it's a nervous energy. That doesn't, I don't know how to explain it other than it just, it doesn't define itself other than nervousness mm-hmm. um, or aloofness. I don't know what it is because these people don't always and typically don't project themselves as the nervous type, Okay, but they tend to be um, just a weirdness about them. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I'm not good at like, Oh, yeah, so-and-so's in the office right next to me or something like that. I could used to do that pretty good. I could tell someone was there, mm-hmm. whether I knew it or not. But every once there's some people, it's just, I couldn't tell. I don't know. Hmm. So maybe there is an empathic side of me. Yeah. When, when I think about some of these things, um, maybe there is some of that. I don't know that I'm just not super in tune with that I just kind of wrote off as, you know, it's it's my DAR for this, my radar for, mm-hmm. for this or that that I could tell Um you know, uh, you know, who is what? Yeah. Um, you know, or where they're at. Um, I don't know. I, I have that. It, there, there's a weirdness to that. There was um, one guy that, that I remember I, I I got a good vibe from, but I could never tell when he was in his office. Um, and this, he was like to my right. Um, and we, it was like almost cubicles, but they were basically closets um, that we worked in at a radio station. And, he always seemed friendly, knew him for many a years, um, and I grew up listening to him on the air uh, okay. when I was a kid. And just when I started working with him, I didn't know, I never met him in person. I was like, oh, well, hey, yeah, I've listened to you forever. Nice to meet you. Really just seemed like a nice guy, mm-hmm. um, but didn't, I, I could never tell if he was in his office. Um, so that was it's always kind of weird, um, but I, I didn't get the creepy vibe. Him. Mm-hmm. I did get a weird vibe, but just like the, he's like a phantom. Okay. <laughs> you know, just like some people are just really quiet. Sure. And I think that's kind of what I wrote it off as in my mind back then was just, he's just a quiet, he just, he doesn't make noise. And maybe half of what I'm sensing was, you know, somebody chewing their gum or something. And that's what I'm picking up on and knowing, you know, well, he's over in his office and he's not. And so he was always just kind of like shows up behind you at the coffee. Like, oh, hi, how are you? Uh, years later, turns out, guy's like a child predator 
And see, I was going to ask you, if you hadn't had that back history of listening to him the Mm -hmm. whole time you were growing up and knowing the radio person this was, Mm -hmm. would you have picked up on that creepy vibe or did you override it with, nah, this is so-and-so. I've I've listened to so-and-so all my life. I never got the creepy vibe from him. But but would you have if you had not known him? I don't think anyone would have. Really? He was, he hit it so damn well. Um. I don't know. I mean, there's other people that I've worked with that, you know, I've had a role in getting them fired for being predators of some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. necessarily children, but we're preying on our female staff. Yeah. And a lot of them stood out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like, yeah, that's a creepy fucker. Um, and you just, you know, you just know, you know, you know how obvious that is sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know, as a woman, you probably see it better than I do. Yeah. Uh, who's a creepy fucker and who's not. But some this guy, I don't know. I don't think anybody saw it. And that's what made it so weird. The only thing I can put my finger on that he was different about was that he was quiet. And that he could he was very friendly when you talked to him. But you know, you could be all of a sudden he's like right behind you. You didn't realize he was behind you at the copy machine. Mm-hmm. But that was it. And that, I didn't put that on as creepy. I just put it down as just, no, this quiet guy. But there was nothing about him that made me think that. And then you see her in the newspaper. He's like, he got arrested because he crossed several state lines to go meet up with, I don't know, it was like a 14-year-old. I don't know, somebody, you know, in, I mean, it was like across the country. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. There was multiple miles that you could have had second thoughts and turned around. Yeah. It wasn't like they went down the road, you know, and three blocks away, this guy probably like 500 miles and turned out i think it was an agent a federal agent or something that was to catch a predator it essentially was it was like holy shit so he carried on this i guess conversation forever Mm -hmm. and then uh you know i have no idea what happened to him i I try to google that every now and then it's like (laughs) because it's been many a year since he was arrested so i don't know what i don't know what he was sentenced with i have no idea i you know but just like Jesus Christ, that, that, that I think is one of the more, more disturbing things of that incident was I didn't I had no vibe about him, mm-hmm. and that just kind of makes me go ah, my character judgment's off if I couldn't pick up on that. But again, I don't think anybody did. Yeah, he hit it really creepily well. You can't tell how many minutes we've been on the air. I can't because there's a sun <laughs> shining on my monitor, so I'm looking over here going, where are we at? <laughs> Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's get uh, one caller in here before we wrap up today's episode. Hi. So a few years ago, I worked at a nursing home and I worked on night turn. And I wasn't really feeling all that well that night. And I had this one woman who had a hip replacement and required a lot. Well, she was paging back and forth throughout the night every five minutes or so. So I laid on the couch outside of her room so that way I could go ahead and go into her room to take care of her whenever she paged. And I had my eyes closed and I remember that something kind of startled me awake but I didn't know what it was. And I stared up at the ceiling and looked down the hallway towards the library in which there was always a man figure but it was black and it would disappear when you turn the light on but the location would change between the chair and the couch on where he would be sitting and I looked down in that direction and up on the ceiling there was this almost like a what looks like gas when you're behind a gas truck but there was a film 
and it was slowly coming up the ceiling coming towards me and I couldn't help but be frozen and just stare at it and I was screaming in my head but nothing would come out and it just got closer and closer and I eventually closed my eyes because I was just so terrified by this so I closed my eyes and I felt something breathe on me and all of a sudden it was gone my eyes again and I was finally able to move and I just remember booking it so I know that this isn't really a long story and I don't know if maybe I had fallen asleep and this was sleep paralysis but this was the only time that I had occurred something like this I have had other things in the home happen to me um, I have heard women um, two women who had passed away within the same week I had heard them communicating in the hallway to one another when nobody was there um, this was about a week after they had passed away and I had heard something at one point what sounded like my co-worker I was walking down the hall and she yelled my name and I said yeah and all of a sudden I heard the doors from the other lockdown unit that we had and she was the only one with me and she was not even in the same side of the building so I had heard some things previously and I don't know if this was linked to it um, but I'd like to hear your thoughts if you guys are willing to share my story. I think it's just a very active nursing home that has, mm -hmm. you know, multiple different things going on. And, you know, you can't help but have an active environment when you have such a high number of people that pass on. Because I'm sure there's a lot of confusion before they decide where they're going to be from then on. You know, you, get, you think about it almost being kind of like a airport environment or a, a bus station or a train station because quite often you hear about someone passing either in a nursing facility or a um a hospice care facility and these people seeing like their loved ones all mm -hmm. coming to help you pass on they're coming to pick you up yeah so it's almost kind of like that mm -hmm. uh where you got a lot of activity of people kind of coming and going not necessarily sticking there and staying there but it's a terminal yeah. In more than one way. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting if they started like categorizing hospice care facilities as like, oh, they're in terminal two, gate four. No. <laughs> that would be wrong. <laughs> and then you have arrivals and departures. A big board you walk into and it's like themed like an airport. <laughs> you walk in. I'd get a kick out of that if I was in that state. I'd be like, this is great. This is hilarious. Because I'm like that. Because I would love to have humor all the way to the end and it's like I, i'll probably make that joke if i'm ever in that situation you know be like where are you uh i'm at gate four i'm at the departure gate. i don't see anybody ever taking a nursing facility and turning it into an airport like setting because could you imagine the confusion for people yeah. that have memory issues anyway oh god yeah so no that's just a bad idea it's, it's a horrible idea <laughs> It's one if I was in that situation would want because I would just want people to laugh and kind of get a kick out of it. But sure. I don't think most people are me. No. So there you go. Uh, that wraps up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Sign up to be an extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets access to all the bonus material. It's all there for you. Help keep us on the air. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? 
or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. The all-new Toyota Highlander is designed to go Highlander. What's go Highlander, you ask? It means amplifying your comfort with available premium leather interior and ventilated seats. And amplifying your groove with an available booming 11-speaker JBL audio system. Or even amplifying your crew with roomy seating for up to eight. Don't just go. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL is a registered trademark of Harman International Industries, Incorporated.